Hello, and welcome to the Oracle of Light. I'm Shauna DeMellon. I'm a lifelong medium and certified life coach. And making the connection with the afterlife has brought me the greatest joy. Since losing my son, Jack, I have navigated grief, heartache, and despair. And it was through connecting with my son on the other side that my heart began to heal and I was able to find joy and meaning in my life again. Now, I'm inviting you into this space as I explore the afterlife, the grieving process, and rebuilding after loss. If you'd like to discover the spirit world and how to move through the loss of a loved one or child, you have come to the right place. This is the Oracle of Light. Welcome to the Oracle of Light. I am so grateful for everyone who listens and always has beautiful contributions. Today, I have the beautiful Michelle Claire with me. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Oh, I'm just so excited that you're here. I I first um, kind of stumbled upon you through um, the beautiful Irene Weinberg, and it was like, who is Michelle? Who is she? Who is she? I have to find out about her. So I am so excited that you're going to share your story and everything about your world today. I just, I love it. And, and I just love the work that you do. And now this is something that, that I found that I, I kind of skulked you a bit. I love uh -huh. this, right? <laughs> yes. Right. So you help people connect with their loved ones. You connect them with their own soul and you connect them with the fact that they're not living this life alone. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Now, did you see spirit from childhood? What did that look like? Yeah, I, I, you know, I really didn't. I always had this inner knowing that there was more to life than my Catholic religion. And there were parts of that that felt a little bit um, contrasting to what I believed or seemed to know. But as far as um, that went, I really didn't see spirit throughout my life. Then when my grandfather passed at the age of 13, I just had this awareness. Oh, we're still communicating. He's telling me this, where there was just this knowing, this unseen communication. And I remember going to my mom and saying, well, grandpa says, and she would just say to me, well, that's what you think he would say if he was still here, <laughs> you know? And I remember then I was kind of like, but isn't everyone talking to grandpa? Like, what, what happened here? And so there became an, an awareness in me that not everyone was still talking to grandpa. And so what it really did for me is it kind of made me tone it down or have this private conversation because I realized, you know, I really didn't want to be different. I wanted to just go ahead and fit in with everyone. And, and so, you know, there was no point in also sharing that. But the other thing was, you know, mom wasn't really open to the messages. She just said, oh, that's what you think he would say. And so um, it kind of just put me in a place where it was like, okay, well, this will just be mine and grandpa's secret. I love that. I, I you know, parallel similarities. Um, I, I grew up in a Catholic house as well. And it was, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about that. It was just my mom would just completely shut down. And it was like, well, you don't need to have supper tonight. And I was like, oh, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to fit in. It was like, I wanted people to have, have lunch with and, and play with. And it was just like, oh my gosh. And so, yeah, I, I totally get that. I love that. I love that you, you had that connection with him. And then, so you, you had that connection with him and, Take us, take us into the first near-death experience. Take us yeah. into that. 
Yeah. So the first near-death experience happens in April of 2000. And at that point in time, my sister-in-law was in the hospital having a baby. So we were in the hospital and I was talking to her RN who actually happened to be my friend from high school. So she had had the baby. We were all, you know, glowing, loving on the baby. And I was out in the hallway talking to my friend and I have this massive seizure. And here's the interesting thing. Never had one before, never had one since. So they really were not able to figure out what that was. But what happens is I have this seizure. And at that point in time, what I remember is opening my eyes. My grandma who had passed is holding me in her lap. My head's laying on her lap. And I'm just in this timeless, eternal completely whole, loving, blissful space. And as I kind of start looking around, I see that my grandma is the youngest, healthiest version of herself that I remember. You know, I'm like, wow, I mean, grandma looks great. (laughs) The, um, you know, she passed at 85. So grandma had had looked looked really good compared to the last time I had seen her. Um, I'm in this room. The walls are all white and they are solid and yet alive and moving and breathing. So they are almost like each individual cell or molecule seems to be radiating this light and love. And they are moving and yet they seem so solid, but it was almost like a breathing energy because it wasn't like big movements. It was just like, there's this keen awareness that the walls are alive, even though I can't explain that. Um, And, and so as I'm sitting there, I realized like there's, there's this light There's this unconditional love. I'm in this timeless space. And I look up next to my grandma and I see this beautiful 12-foot angel standing there. And I am just in awe. And I feel almost sucked or drawn into her energy or her presence. Um, And I think, oh, I want to see her feather wings, right? Because we all know they have big feather wings. So, (laughs) you know, so I go to look for that. And actually what I find is that her wings were made of light. They weren't actually made of feathers. They were made of light. And they were very similar to almost like the Aurora Borealis in the sense that they would move and they had their own um, timelessness to them. And they actually seemed to span eternity. And I was just like, I was truly in awe. Just wow, wow. And so I remember thinking, what is your name? And I was thinking this in my head. And she answered me. She said, my name's Madeline. I'm one of your guardian angels. And I was shocked because I didn't know anything about telepathic communication or like, I really was in this space. I'm like, oh, she heard me think, you know, I I didn't know what to do, but it was so um, peaceful and loving and okay. All at the same time, it was just more surprising. And so about that time, whatever time that was in the timeless space, I um, hear them yelling code, code, code. And the next thing I know, I am put back in my body. And so it feels like a thump. My arm feels like it weighs 500 pounds. It is just heavy and dense. And during the seizure, I had quit breathing. But because I was in the hospital, they had already called the code team. Um, So this is my first near-death experience. And it's really this awakening for me that, number one, grandma knew I was coming. I didn't know I was coming, but grandma was waiting right there to catch me. My guardian angel was right there. I always had believed in angels, but I literally was able to see and feel um, her energy, her presence, and realize that they are so much bigger than I ever could have imagined in my humanness. Oh, that's incredible. 
Now, do you think, I mean, working as a medium over the years, I've, I've often seen, um, you know, that, that souls have these exit points sort of planned where it's like, hey, here's an opportunity for you to transition back. Would you like to leave? Do you think the near-death experiences are, are similar to that? Or was that part of your, your unique awakening into who you are and who you, you came to be? Absolutely. I think they're both. I think that they are both. I think they're awakenings for us because for we don't know how many people choose not to come back. <laughs> right? I mean, we might in mediumship, but in our humanness, we don't know. Right. And so I I and I don't I'll say this. I wasn't actually in that one given a choice. Would you like to stay or would you like to go? So even though I had this near-death experience, it was actually more of what I considered an experience because I didn't even know the term near death at that point in time. Right. And so so for me, it was this experience, it was this awakening. Do I think it had the potential to be an exit point? Absolutely. Um, but on a soul level, I must have chosen, this isn't my time. This is an awakening moment. I love that. And so after that experience, what did that feel like? What was, what did your world seem like? Like, did it, did it start to open you up? Like what shifted for you after that first experience? Yeah. So uh, some of the things that shifted for me, um, well, number one, it took me about two weeks to tell anyone about this. And so this is what we find with people who have near death experiences. A lot of people hold this close to their heart. They don't feel safe to share. I didn't, it, it wasn't necessarily, I, I, I wasn't sure how to share it because I couldn't really explain what had happened and I did not have the vocabulary for it. Um, and also we find that too with near death experiences. How do you explain this love beyond measure and bliss beyond words. We really are human language. We can't because mm -hmm. they're a feeling. A feeling is worth a million words. And we're talking about we're in a zone where everything is feeling. So it's like, let me write you a 85 million page essay and maybe we'll get the taste of what this was like, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so what I learned, I learned that my grandma, so our loved ones in spirit, they're aware. They know, they know when we're coming, they know what we're going through in our life and they're connected to us because I didn't even know I was about to have a seizure, but clearly my grandma did because she was right there. I also learned that angels were real and I was really connected to, not that I doubted they were real, but there's a difference between believing it and seeing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing that I really learned is that we are all loved beyond measure. I had never felt so loved in my entire life. Truly, truly, I, there are no words. And um, the fact that I was absolutely complete and whole exactly as I was, there was no one saying like, oh, shame on you, Michelle. Da, 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 da. Nope. Completely loved and whole exactly as we are. Oh my gosh. I love that. And so no seizures since that was the first and only time yeah. you had that experience. Wow. Yeah. They had admitted me to the hospital, obviously, since they had to call the code team and did a heart, you know, did a CAT scan, check my heart, all of this stuff. Eh, never found anything. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's incredible. All right. So now near death experience number two. Yeah. Number two. There. Okay. Number two happens in May of 2006. So about six years later. I had had my son, my third child on um, April 1st. And after I had him, I had multiple. Yeah, of course he was, he was five weeks early and on April 1st. So he right. is the prankster, right? Um, so always pushing the envelope, that guy. Um, with that being said, 
uh, I had many complications after I had him. So for the following six weeks, I would be in the hospital on IV antibiotics for five days, go home for two days, start running fevers again. They'd put me back in. It was just this constant battle. And so at the end of six weeks, they said to me, they said, hey, we need to do a DNC and, and this will be a quick, easy 45 minute outpatient procedure. But this will be the difference of you being able to finally go home and get off all these IVs and all the stuff we need to do. And I said, OK, right. Who doesn't like the easy plan? Sounds great. I'm in. Let's fix this in 45 minutes. Um, and the night before I was actually at home and I just had this pit this rock in my stomach. And I thought, Oh, I shouldn't do this. I know I shouldn't do this. But at the same time, I was like 45 minutes, it'll be fine. Piece of cake. Right. So here's something we, we really need to follow our intuition because those gut feelings are there for a reason. And, and so with that, I decided I'd go when I went in the next morning, I, you know, I talked to the doctor, talked to the anesthesiologist, they both reassured me 45 minutes, it'll be great, you'll be on your way home. Okay, awesome. I went. So I had had anesthesia before, and I started um, counting backwards. When I've had anesthesia before, it's just nothing. It's a it's a timelessness. It's a um, a blank. I'm not dreaming. I'm not imagining. There's just nothing. Um, but this time, when I go under, all of a sudden, I realize my beautiful white German Shepherd who had passed a couple years before walks into the operating room, lays her head on the gurney, looks at me, and we're gone. And we are on this phenomenal beach. We're just instantly gone. And I realize she and I are having this telepathic communication again. She's happy to see me. She looks like she's about, you know, two years old. Um, She's healthy. She's shining. She's excited that I'm there. And we are running on this beach. And on this beach, there are beautiful flowers and colors that I'd never seen in human form before. Every drop of water in the ocean was radiating light and love. Every cell, every molecule on every plant, tree, piece of sand, it's all radiating this truly beautiful light and love and the colors and the the feeling. It's absolutely unbelievable. And what I found with that was there was not that I remember a sun in the sky. It was every molecule radiated the light that was lighting up the space. That's incredible. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. I love that. You know, it's, and just a side note, I always, I always tell loved ones in spirit, uh, come through at your happiest. Um, we want to yeah. see you at your happiest. And then sometimes people are like, I don't know who that is. I know. Yes, they're not used to seeing them that amazing looking. You're right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Never seen you before. Yeah. And so as I'm on this beach with her, we are just running and running. And I start becoming aware that is there is just each step and each breath. It was the most present I've ever been in every any moment ever. Um, and at that point in time, um, I also start to realize we're not getting hot. We're not getting tired. We're not getting thirsty. And I felt like we had run for quite a ways. And so I was kind of like, huh, it's interesting. And then the next thing I know, I can hear my son and my son, who's six weeks old and was at the house with my mom, is energetically calling to me and he's scared. He's scared. And so I feel myself go with him. And so what I learned in this, this um, near-death experience is that our soul can be in more than one place at a time. And so there's part of me that stays on the beach with my beautiful dog. And there's part of me that goes to my son and he's very scared because he knows that I'm getting ready to leave. 
And so I say to him, I say, don't worry, I, I'll find a way to stay. I'm not going to leave you. And so at that moment, I start praying and I start saying, I need help. It's not my time. My kids still need me. And I'm immediately transported back to the operating room, which lights up with this beautiful white golden light. And I feel Jesus come in and Jesus comes in as truly my friend, not like, hey, bow down, pray to me. You know, it was like, I'm here to help you. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up in post-op and my 45 minute procedure turned into a three and a half hour emergency surgery because they had ruptured my uterus in two places and missed my aorta by a millimeter. Oh my gosh. That gives me gooseies. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. three and a half. Hour. Oh my gosh. Okay. 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 That's a lot. Yeah. We're just going to take lot. that in. Yeah, we're just going to take that in. Oh my goodness. You do things on a bigger scale. It's not <laughs> just little, little bits of 45 minutes. Right. No, no. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. No, well, add an extra 15 to surgery. No, let's make a three and a half hour emergency surgery. Yes. Wow. So, yeah. And it, so in that NDE, I mean, there are multiple things I learned. My soul can be in more than one place at a time. I learn actually what it is truly like to be present in the extreme moment. It is just each breath, just each step, nothing before it, nothing after it, nothing else, just truly being present. And, and that being surrounded in the timelessness, the unconditional love. Hey, guess what? Good news. Our animals go to heaven. My beautiful shepherd led me there herself. Right. And, um, you know, one of the things that I talk about sometimes on podcasts, one of my first um, traumatic experiences with the Catholic church was in first grade in CCD, when I told my teacher that my animal had died and she said, well, it didn't go to heaven. The animals don't have souls. And I remember going, Oh, what? <laughs> you know, so now I'm so happy to say, I know for a fact your animal met, went to heaven. Um, I know it for, for multiple reasons because you, like I do, probably find in readings a lot of people's animals come in. Oh, they do. Yeah. All the time. I think that the best one was there was a chinchilla once horses, yeah. cats, dogs. And, you know, it's fascinating. You know, I, I have a, a little puppy. Um, her name is Maggie. She's about a year and a half. And it's funny. My first little dog, his name was Jesse. And I remember watching when, when he transitioned, I held him in, in my arms and it was crazy. I always tell people it's like the movie ghost and this light opened up and I heard all these other dogs barking and Aww. he ran and he stopped and he looked at me and then he took off again and then zoop, the light was gone. And it was just like, Okay. 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 And I used to always think, wouldn't it be neat if he came back in? And I swear that's who, that's who's in Maggie's body. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, the first time I picked her up, it was like, oh, Jesse, oh my God, it's you. You're here. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. you know, and I love that because people are always, I mean, they're just, they're, they're fur children, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just, there's, there's such a beautiful connection. I just, I love that. So yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Confirming that 1000%. I love Right. That. Yeah. And the other thing that I learned in this near death experience is that, you know, Jesus really came in as my friend, not someone to be worshiped, not, um, listen, don't get me wrong. I love and respect the master Jesus. I do. Absolutely. Okay. But the energy that Jesus came in was not with this King bow down to me type of energy. It was truly like, I'm here to help you. Um, and, and so with that, the other thing that I learned was, hey, guess what? Our souls are capable of ushering in miracles because in that moment, and it's not just my soul, all of our souls, when we get in alignment, body, mind, and spirit, miracles happen. And in that moment, I was able to say, I need help. I'm not ready to leave. My kids still need me. And a miracle happened. <gasps> oh my gosh. I love that. And, and, I'd love to touch on that a little bit later about, you know, the expression of your soul and, and that when we're in alignment and, and just, yeah, I love that. I just, I find that so fascinating. Okay. 
So that's near-death experience two. Yes. Yeah. We go big. We don't, you know, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I would say to people, go big or go home. So yeah, we're just, we're going big. We're going yeah. big. <laughs> I keep trying to go home and I keep getting sent back to go big. Like, no, 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 no. So do you, so Jesus came in and then, so you were on the beach, you were with your pup and then you felt your son. That mm-hmm. is just so incredible. And then boop, you're in post-op and wow. Okay. So yeah. What, what was it like then after that experience? Yeah, I had a lot of physical trauma that I had to work through because I had already been fighting infections and having problems after I had my son. And yeah. now I had like this internal trauma from the surgery. I had had all sorts of things. Um, so that is really an exhausting, draining physical situation for me. It took me about three to four months just to back to 80% of functioning. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had three little kids. I had a five-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old, and an infant. So it was quite the, the challenge. And with this near-death experience, I am opened up, awakened to another realm, the hope that we have. Jesus is our friend. But I am not physically or in a place where I can do much with that because number one, I can hardly get through the day. And number two, I had all these little kids. So even though I had this great awakening, it doesn't turn into something that you would see in my everyday life. I was still in survival mode. Right. Okay. Okay. That is incredible. I mean, just, just the miracle aspect of that is just so beautiful and so powerful. Mm -hmm. And, and I just, I love that. And I love what you said that, you know, everyone has that ability to be in alignment and and be able to bring that forward. I think that that is just so, so beautiful. Mm. Okay. So now number three. Yes. Yes. Number three for people who like numbers that happened on 11, 11. So November 1st, 2011. And at that point in time, my kids are older. So they were five, eight and 10 and I have 14 foot ceilings in my house. So I was about, about 12 feet off the ground. I have battery operated candles that turn on every night and they glow and then they turn off by themselves. And yeah, just creates a nice atmosphere. Right. So I was climbing up the ladder. My younger two kids were home. My oldest was at school. And I said, as soon as I get this candle put back up, we're going to go ahead and go get your sister. As I get to the top of the ladder, I feel it start to shift. And immediately all I can think is, oh, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. And the next thing I know, I am ripped out of my body, not in a painful way, but in a fast way. I am turned around facing my body in the ladder suspended in the air. And standing with these three people that I don't know, but they feel like family. They feel like friends. They feel like they've known me my whole life. And one's in a, Hawaii, a Hawaiian man, one's an Egyptian woman, and one's an Asian man. And I'm standing there with them. And, and they said to me, they said, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay or do you want to go? Mm-hmm. And so in this near-death experience, I'm actually still in this timeless, loving unconditional love space. And yet I'm also in my kitchen and my other two near death experiences I had left and gone to a different realm. This one is happening. What I'd like to say is it was like a bubble in my kitchen is kind of what it felt like. Like there was this bubbled energy of like, here I am in this beautiful timeless space and yet still in the kitchen, um, aware and witnessing what's happening. And so As I'm standing with them, I can see that my body's going to hit the floor in less than a second. And they literally were like, what would you like to do? Do you want to stay or you want to go? And 
I was trying to comprehend this. I'm like, well, I have forever to decide. How do I have forever to decide when my body's going to hit the floor in a second? And at that moment, I see this beautiful angel come in. And this is a different angel than in my first near-death experience. They are dressed in red. It's a male energy dressed in red and gold. And as soon as I see this angel, I know that this angel has come to either take me home or shift something so that I can stay. And I, and I just know this. There are no, it is the strongest knowing of my life. And at the moment, my attention is brought to my younger two kids. And when I see them, I, I realize, oh, I need to stay. I need to stay. And as I make this conscious decision, I'm downloaded with all of this information. And it's like, okay, Michelle, that that's fine. Um, but being a stay-at-home mom isn't your only purpose. We want you to go back. We want you to do your mediumship in the way that only you can do it. Because yes, there are many, many amazing mediums, but we all do it differently. And so we all have different presentations and styles and whatever this is. And so it was like, you've got to go back and you've got to do it in your way. Um, they told me my marriage probably wouldn't make it. They were absolutely correct. I'm in a divorce right now. Um, but so they gave me a lot of information. And, and at that point, when I saw my kids and I needed to stay, it was like, okay, I need to stay. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I end up falling. Um, I hit the back of my head on the corner of the granite island. So I had a five and a half inch skull fracture that went straight up. I had a brain bleed over here. I lost my taste, my smell, part of my hearing, my equilibrium. Um, and at the end of the day, I survived the fall by half an inch because that was how much I missed my brain stem by. Okay. We're, we're just going to digest that. Oh yeah. my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I knew, I knew, I remember saying to people, an angel moved my head, an angel moved my head. So listen, for lack of a better term, my brain got pretty scrambled in that, in that, you know, experience, but without a doubt that came through. And I remember when I went to the first hospital and they did the CAT scan and they said, oh, we've got to get her to the specialty neurosurgeon hospital. Um, I remember telling my husband at the time, I said, I'm not going to die, but you need to make sure I get to the next hospital. So even though I was in so much physical trauma, I had this awareness an angel had moved my head and I wasn't going to die. That is amazing. And so, and then, and this near death experience, you were given the choice. They, yeah. they asked, what do you want to do? Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so then the recovery from all of that, how long did that take? Oh my goodness. Well, so that happened in 2011. I still do cranial sacral therapy. So I'm still mm -hmm. in, um, <laughs> recovery in a way, but I was in the, in ICU for three days and I got moved to another room for, I think four to five days. Um, I had to have vestibular therapy because at that point in time, I literally couldn't even lift my head or sit up because, um, it would cause me to vomit. It's like this. It's like being on every ride at Disneyland in the exact same moment. So you're, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing every motion. So the vestibular therapy, I mean, it honestly felt like torture, but it made the difference of me being able to sit up and walk. And then what would happen? Um, I have wide, wide hallways in my house. Like, you know, I don't know, six, seven feet, eight feet wide. I literally took me weeks before I could walk down the hall without bumping off the walls because um, my vestibular system was so bad. So there was a lot I had. I had memory loss. I had hearing loss. I had visual loss. Um, there was so much physical trauma that really took me a solid eight weeks to just almost be able to get through the day. Goodness. Okay. Okay. And then therapies continued after that for years on different things, depending on what it was. 
I bet. I bet. And so after that experience and after you started to, your healing was in place and, and mending, then where did, where did things go with the mediumship, with the spirit communication and, and all of that? Yeah. So once again, I shelved all of that for a while because, well, I was in survival mode. It's like, oh my God, I can't even walk to the bathroom from the bed. How am I going to worry about becoming a medium, you know? Right. Right. Um, so I, I, I thought about it uh, very rarely at all because literally I went back into survival mode. And the end of January 2012, my son, who was five at the time, um, started getting really depressed because he had tried to call 911 when I had my accident and his call didn't go through. And so he would say to me, my mother-in-law, my mom, whoever would listen, he would say, hey, I didn't do anything to help my mom. I didn't need to be there. Sophie could do it without me. And we would say, but Josh, you opened the door for the policeman. Like you helped, you helped. There was nothing I could say. There were no words to pull this little boy out of his slump. So the end of January, 2012, my grandfather who passed away when I was 13, came through to me. Usually when I see spirit, they don't manifest in front of me. He most certainly did. Um, the only time I've had that happen, I literally said to him, it's been so long since I've seen you. And he looked at me and he said, I knew it would seem like that to you. So I was like, okay. So that talks to us here in our human form. We feel like it's been so long since they've seen them. And spirit's like, what do you mean? I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Right. right. But so um, he talked to me about my accident, about my head injury. And he talked to me about my son. They never walked this earth at the same time. They were decades apart. And he says to me, he says, he's very good with electronics. You need to get the 911 recording. There's something on there you should know. I didn't even know I could get the 911 recording. No. So I go down to the police station and I order it takes a couple of weeks to come in and I put it into play when I get the CD and they say 911, what's your emergency? And in his little broken voice, he says, Sophie, what do I say? And he lays the phone down. And so for the next minute and a half, you can hear the 911 operator trying to get their attention. And then he says, I'm going to go push the panic alarm on the house to get help. And she says, hold on, let me try calling 911. And then her call goes through. Oh my goodness. Oh. So his call had gone through. And yeah. had I not gotten that message from my grandfather, I wouldn't have known. And so when he came home from kindergarten that day, I said to him, I said, Josh, your call went through. Help was coming. Help was coming. It was okay that you forgot or you laid the phone down. You, it was literally like lifting this 10,000 pound weight off this little boy. Um, and you could see his self-worth and the fact that I did help mom and all of that start flooding back into him. Oh, what a little sweetheart. Oh my goodness. Wow. And yeah, if your grandfather hadn't come through with that message, I mean, I what just, a, oh, a completely different experience for him. Yeah. Oh, how beautiful is that? Oh my mm -hmm. gosh. That is just so beautiful. So beautiful. And now present day where what's what's happening in your world now what what what's shaking now what's going yeah on? so now so now i work full-time professionally as a medium um and i love it because i get to connect with the most amazing people peers clients whoever i mean it's such um an I, I want to say this it's not a gift that i have it's a gift to me to be able to serve in this way 
So um, to be able to help people facilitate their own connection with their loved ones, with their angels, with their life guides, to realize that we aren't living this life alone, that we all have this giant spirit team around us cheering us on. Um, I, it is such a true gift to me to be able to be part of this. And so my kids have grown up. I've got a 17-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 22-year-old. So everybody has grown up and life is moving forward. But um, the beauty of what I get to do every day and get to make my own connection with spirit as well as help others make theirs. It's just, it's truly the biggest gift. I love that. I think that that is just, that is just so beautiful. So beautiful. And now uh, you mentioned, um, you mentioned uh, the last time we were chatting or there was a different time that we were chatting or wherever it came from. You had mentioned um, that God is love. Yeah. Would you elaborate a little bit more on that? <laughs> I, yes, I would. I would like to I would like to go through the Bible and change every place where it says God to love. And then I want us to read it that way. And if it and if it says you should fear love, then I think we should double think that idea. Um, you know, and I think that you should just realize God source the divine, whatever your word for the higher power is, is pure love. And all of us have come to planet Earth to have these experiences because we learn and we go from grow from the contrast, right? Mm -hmm. That is allowed by this loving, benevolent force that also would not end your communication with your loved one because they no longer cease to exist in the human form. So the word God should actually be changed to love because that's what we're talking about. And it's not something to fear. It's not something that will shame you. It's not something that will tell you you're broken and shame on you and you're never going to be good enough or whatever this is. It is truly this benevolent, loving energy. Oh, I love that. That's the best description. I mean, and, and again, you know, growing up Catholic, it was, you know, I thought there was this presence watching everything that I did and judging me and, oh my goodness, I was going to have to pay for my sins and, and right. oh, there was going to be this judgment day and, and just all of these different things. And um, it was after my grandmother had transitioned and she was a devout Catholic. She went to, to church several times a week and said her rosary several times a day and, and she was my first loved one that came through and she was like, it is, that is not what it is. That is, that is, no, that is not what we can access and experience. And, and it was, it was interesting because it was like, huh. And again, I always thought it just doesn't feel right. Like when I graduated yeah. grade 12, I was like, okay, we're going to take Catholicism and I respect it. If that right. lights someone up, fabulous. I took it and it was like, okay, we're going to just put that over there because I, I think there's something else here. So I love that. I absolutely love that. And now you had said, um, I, I, again, I don't remember where this was, but you had said, um, you know, choosing to be excited over your future rather than turn up about over the past. I love that. I love that. I think so many people, so many people that I work with just have this perpetual story or mm -hmm. it's, it's a program that's running and it's just, it's, oh my goodness. And so would you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, absolutely. So listen, being human has its own trauma. We all have trauma. I would like to say we didn't, but we do. It's our, it's part of our story, but we can do the things that we do as humans to move through it, whether that's going to therapy or medication, or I am not against anything that helps you to be a better human and embrace life more. Right. But at some point we have to make a conscious choice to say, I'm not going to live in the past. I'm going to choose to be excited about my future. I'm going to choose to 
pull my energy into the present moment and look forward instead of being hung up on what happened 10 years ago. We actually have a choice in it. And that is our biggest, biggest, biggest um, strength in the free will movement is your choice and how you perceive something. So I can have a car accident today and say, oh my God, it totaled my car. My life is over. Everything's horrible. Or I could say, I walked away. I was blessed. I I have, you know what I mean? So I have perception in everything. Um, I like to tell people this, look, we can eat a salad for lunch. Okay. Yeah. We can eat it with two different energies. Are we eating this salad because we love ourselves and we want to be healthy and nourish our body? Or are we eating the salad because we're afraid we're going to gain weight, right? <laughs> so we're looking at the exact same thing, two different ways, but the way that you look at it puts energy on it. So if I'm going to eat the salad because I'm afraid I'm going to gain weight, now I'm sending energy to I'm going to gain weight. I don't really like the salad, you know, like a lot of heavy, yucky energy. If I look at the salad and I say, well, I don't really like the salad, but I love myself and it's good for me. So I'm going to eat it. There's a whole nother level and vibration of frequency that I just put on that meal and in my body. So our ability to choose to be excited about our future instead of being stuck in our past literally changes the trajectory of your life. I absolutely love that. And you know, before I, you know, started on my path with, with mediumship and, and I was, uh, I was working on a psychology degree and I got to a point where it was like, I don't want to label people. I don't yeah. want to, let's look at your childhood. And sure, things come up and we heal things right. and we shift it and we move and, you know, we, we learn from it. But it was just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to limit people. Mm-hmm. And so I walked away from my degree and I thought, no, there's going to be a better way. Like I want, I want to empower people. And I just, I love what you said with that because it's true, right? Like it's, it's, I, and I think it's, you know, the work of, of being very mindful. And like you said, mm-hmm. conscious of, oh, I have to eat this salad, you know, yeah. instead of, all right, I'm, I love my body and this is what my body really enjoys. So I'm going to enjoy this. And so I really love that. And I just, I, I just, I love that. And I think that that, that's just, I, I always say to people, let's reframe that <laughs> let's, right. let's sort of shift, shift that into a positive. And like you said, you know, if you get hit by a car it, and so many people just get, they get stuck in you know, ruminating over it and and focusing on the negative. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, that's part of the human experience. I mean, you know, and I always yes. tell people I love working with the angelic realm because they, they don't have an ego. They haven't been in human form. So they don't understand when we get frustrated or we're angry or we just have all these different emotions. And so part of the work that I love to do is to help people, you know, get in alignment with who you really are. And so is that something, so getting in alignment, so body, mm-hmm. mind, and spirit, that's what you help people to do. Is that something that once you get in alignment, is that something that someone can, can you stay in alignment or is that just something that sort of ebbs and flows or is it just, what does that look like? That's a great question. Listen, I do this for a living. Um, I, I, if I'm really on task, I can stay in alignment for about 30 minutes and then something happens in life. The dog throws up on the floor or, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Right. So listen, it's not, it's not easy. Life happens every second of every day, but it's also doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be this challenge 
challenge that we fight through the whole day for five minutes of alignment. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's there's some balance in that, right? So yes, okay. getting in alignment is really being aware of the biggest thing that keeps us out of alignment is buying into our story or someone else's. So that's what pulls us out of alignment. When I start telling myself a story about that jerk just cut me off and traffic and blah, blah, whatever. Okay, there I go. Well, maybe I need to tell myself the story that maybe they're, they just got a call that their loved one's in the hospital and has 10 minutes to live and they're doing everything they can do to get there before they pass, right? I mean, I could have easily told myself that story and then I would have said, oh, he needed to get in front of me. Go, go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So really the, the biggest awareness to being in alignment is the stories that we're telling ourselves that we're choosing to buy into or when other people come up to us, listen, people offer you stories all day long to buy into. And if you don't have one, turn on CNN, turn on Fox News. They'll give you a lot of stories. <laughs> right. You can buy into billions of stories a day, but to be in alignment, the truth is, is I'm not, not going to buy into anyone's story today. I actually, Michelle, I feel pretty good. Okay. And so if someone is, so if they're in alignment and they're feeling great, they've got that 30, 30 minute window or whatever it is, right? <laughs> right. And they're in alignment, then, you know, they get angry or frustrated or, you know, some old story pops yeah. up, and it, it pulls them out. Then how can you talk a little bit about how would you get back in alignment? Like, is mm -hmm. that you know, is that, you know, we hear all the new age people talking about raise your vibes, raise your vibration, be in alignment with it. Are you, you know, are you congruent with the alignment of whatever it is? If you match the energy of it, it's going to come to you. And, you know, we're kind of going into the, the you know, the manifesting part as well. But yeah, yeah do you get one? Yeah. I do. Um, so the first, the best tool anyone has is their awareness because our emotions are our compass. So the minute I start to feel frustrated or mad or sad or whatever, it is my own soul telling me, Hey, Michelle, you're not in alignment anymore. You just stepped over the line. Think of it as driving a car. I just went over the line a little bit to the right or a little bit over the center line. Right. Yeah. And so it, th these are our natural instincts that our soul gives us to help mediate or regulate when we're in alignment and when we're not. And so then I need to take a moment and actually check myself. Okay. If, if something they said triggered me, what in me is that triggering? Um, listen, it doesn't have to be this deep dive down a rabbit hole. We can do these <laughs> things rather quickly if we want. And the awareness is where your power is. So it's not like I need to go spend an hour and sit with the fact that I just got frustrated over something this person said. But my awareness is what brings the healing to me. And in those moments, listen, mm -hmm. we can heal in moments. We can heal in weeks, months, years, and lifetimes. But to some extent, that is up to you and how long you want to take it you want it to take so for people who are always saying someday i'll feel better someday someday guess what the universe is going to meet you where you are someday 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 mm -hmm. for those people who say i am feeling better every day i'm more clear every day guess what it's happening now i got you right and it's it's interesting too because it's it's um i find a lot of different modalities are about well, we need to go back into your childhood and we need to look at the trauma and figure out where it came from and what are the, you know, what's going on in there. And it's like, it, I find with a lot of people that I work with is that it, it just puts them on this perpetual hamster wheel of, you know, there's something wrong with me and I have to find it. There's something wrong with me. I have to fix it. There's just, right. there's just something right. And it's just, you know, I always tell people, you know, when you're born, you're, you're born perfect and beautiful and brilliant. And then it's just, you know, just the environment and things that start to happen to us. And so I find this, this whole arena is amazing. And I love how you said that, 
It's your awareness that brings the healing. It's, you know, and I always tell people, I'm not your guru. Like I, yeah. I want to empower you to know what's true for you. And then of course, when you get stuck, of course, right. We, we reach out for help. So I find that really fascinating. So what is your, so mindset is a big part of it. It's, you know, it's what are, what it's we're everything. It's everything. Okay. It's everything we see. I've seen people who are dying of stage four cancer be like, it's a great day. It's a great day to be alive. I've seen other people who seem to have everything ready to transition themselves to the other realm, you know, and and so mindset is everything. Listen, this doesn't mean that we don't have real biological, physical issues happening. We do. We have human bodies, but we, some of those um, ailments are controlled by our minds. And so some of that is energy. And so we've also seen the people who are like, you have six months to live and they make it 10 years. Why? Mindset, energy, being in alignment. So it's our, it's our greatest gift and our strongest tool. I love that. And so if someone is out of alignment, then how would, how would you say to them, all right, so this is how you start to get back into it. I'm thinking of Abraham Hicks. They're, they're like, reach for a better thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and to that, I would like to say, we're all out of alignment. We're human. Like, and listen, I work on this all day long, every day. <laughs> and I get, like I said, I'll probably walk out of this podcast and the dog puked on the floor. Life happened. I'll go out, you know, I yep. mean, life happens. So it is never until we check out of this world, we will never be in alignment 100% of the time. The goal is to be in alignment as much as you can be because <laughs> that's where your power is. So for some of us, that might be two minutes a day. For other people, it's like, hey, I did it for three hours. Other, You know, I mean, so start gentle with yourself, number one. Now, yes, you can't get there from here is what I want to say. So if you're going to come from something, let's say from a place of fear, a lot of people do this. They think about everything that could go wrong before they can even start to think maybe this will turn out right. Yes. So we want to bring balance in. What's the 180 on that? We've just given you 26 things of worst case scenario. Okay, now let's just step over into this energy for a minute. Oh, well, if that went right, then this and this and this. So really, it's by starting to bring in an awareness of balance. And saying not just everything that could go wrong, but what could go right. And actually starting to balance that until you get to the point where you're looking at things. And this is going to take months. But it, when you start looking at things of the million opportunities of what could go right versus the one thing that might go wrong. I, I love that. I love that. And, you know, it's uh, and I, I share this with, you know, the people that I I'm blessed to work with as well. You know, it's it's, you know, when we, you know start to focus on one thing that's negative, then our mind will go, oh yeah, remember this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember this? And it's like, before we know it, we're just, we're, we've got a whole truckload full of, of negativity and just things. And it's, you know, and it's, it's, it really does become a practice. And so do you have, do you have like a daily ritual? Like, do you start your day in the same way every day? Like some people, you know, have that, I call it my power hour, that first hour. It's like, I just, you know, I drink my water and I do some stretching and I might journal and I might meditate. And do you have spiritual practices like that as well? Uh, not nearly as good as I should. I'll be honest. I do have practices, but uh, so I am somebody who truly believes the universe is going to meet us where we are. So in that sense, mm-hmm. if I say to spirit, it's going to take me three hours to meditate, to get connected to you, then spirit says, okay, we'll wait three hours. If I say, I've got five seconds. What do you have for me? Spirit's like, boop, there you go. So, <laughs> So, uh, and I, I like to think of it as like hitting the easy button, right? It's like, I don't, I need the answer now. I don't have five hours. Um, yeah. 
And so, so a lot of times, really, I like to start my morning just by saying two things. I like to say, spirit, I'm so excited to play with you today. And when I use that term spirit, I mean, God, source, divine, angels, loved ones, life guide, spirit. I'm so excited to play with you today. And then the other thing I like to say is, what do I need to know about today? So I like to leave an open-ended question. Sometimes the answer is, Michelle, you, you just need to focus on being present today. Sometimes the answer is like, Michelle, the second person coming for a reading is going to need more energy, more this, more that. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes the answer is like, hey, you know your friend you haven't talked to in a few months, you need to give her a call. So I like to open it up just like that. That's really how I start my day. And then from that, I find that my day will um, unfold appropriately because I've started my morning by asking spirit in and letting them guide me. And so that I know that they will throughout the day. And I also, because I believe everything is energy and our intention is what brings it in or pushes it out. That's also why, you know, I have a friend, I love this friend. He likes to bless his water. He's got this copper triangle and all these crystals and rocks and all this stuff in this fan. And he sets his water in there and it blows on the crystals and everything is moving for three days. And then his water is blessed and holy. This is how I bless my water. I say, peace, love, whatever. And it's blessed. You know what I mean? So this is, it can happen however you want it to happen. The universe meets you where you are. So in saying that, let's not make life harder than it has to be. Okay. I, yeah. I love that. You know, I really love that. There was, um, um, one of my clients, she had said, uh, this is a, like a week or two ago, she's, she's working through, you know, some very traumatic experiences. And, and mm -hmm. she said, you know, the one practitioner that I was working with said, you know, this is going to take a long time. Mm -hmm. So you need to just, you know, honor that process. And it's going to take a very long time. And she said, I felt defeated. By the time I, I got home, I thought I, 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 I don't want, you know, and she said, what can I do with that? And I said, well, what if it didn't have to take a long time? Yeah. I said, you know, and what if it didn't? And I said, and what if it just takes as long as it needs to for you? And I said, and what if we could be okay with that? And so I love, I love that the universe will meet you where you, wherever you are, right? Yeah. So if we decide it's going to be this painful, oh my God, it's going to take years, da -da -da -da, then the universe is like, okay, we'll give you another slice of that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And with the, and in the same way, we always like to put things off in our human form. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. It's someday, someday, someday. Well, guess what? We came from, from perfection. We will return to perfection. Our job as human is to take the step anyway. So why do you think people put things off? Why, what is that? Is that, is that the ego? Is that fear? Is that it's usually fear? Yeah. It's usually fear because when you're telling yourself you're not ready, there's let's wow, that's a lot if you want to dive into that. I'm not ready. What does that mean? Physically, emotionally, financially, um, mentally. Like there's every area of your life that you could say, I'm not ready yet. And the truth is that if somebody, um, somebody in the exact same, let's say level, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, is at the same point you are. And yep. they might say, I'm ready. It's never going to get better at this. I'm taking that step today. So mm -hmm. it's mindset once again. And, and we do tend to come from a place of fear in our human form because listen, and I, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I'm sure I did my own like damage on my kids. Oh, hold my hand when you're crossing the street. So you don't get hit by a car. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. little things like that, we automatically come in um, humanness. Uh, well, we don't come in this way, but we are trained quickly that the world is something we should fear. Yes. Yes, exactly. And it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And so 
do you, here's a question. So if someone is in alignment Mm -hmm. and they're making decisions from that space, I'm thinking that will give you a completely different result as if you're making decisions when you're not in alignment. And, And is it, would it be a better practice maybe every day if there's something really important that we get in alignment and then start to explore our possibilities with it? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're you're coming at it from a space that is spirit-led versus human-led. And we're always going to make better choices when we're spirit-led. Because your spirit team knows your pre-life plan. They know what you want to do. They know your mission. They know your goals. They know all of these things about you. And they're going to lead you to the next best step for you. I love that. And would you talk a little bit about our, our, our soul family, our spirit team, like who are, I call them my posse. I'm like, there's a posse over there. There you go. You know? Yes. Um, I actually, um, I had one boy come through and tell his dad, dad, you have a SWAT team around you, spiritual warriors. And, um, Gosh, what did the T stand for? I can't remember right now. But anyway, yes. I mean, so we do. We have this. I'm going to have to remember the T. I know I'll find it. Um, But um, yeah, so I'm like getting stuck on that. No, I'm not going to get stuck on that. See, I just made a conscious choice. Oh, look at you. Wow. Wow. There you go. Awareness and action. That was awesome. That was awesome. I'm not going to get stuck on that. Oh, that was good. I'm going to take that. I'm stealing that. Okay. Okay. Um, so anyway, with that being said, um, our team, our, we have soul families. So when I say soul families, it's really groups of souls that tend to resonate, vibrate at the same area. We are very familiar with each other. We like to play the game of life together. So we pick our characters and we come on in for a good time, right? So here's our soul family. And a lot of times what people have a hard time understanding is not uncommon for your worst enemy in your human life to be your best friend in the soul world um, because they chose to play that role to help you grow, learn, evolve, and take the next level. Yes. I love and that. so we have our soul families um, in spirit form that we choose to come in here with um, and kind of play the game of life. Now, before we come into the game of life, we do make a blueprint plan for our soul. And we say, okay, I'm going to play Michelle. I'm going to be a medium. I'm going to whatever. I'm going to have three kids. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I kind of have a blueprint for my life. So I pick life guides and these life guides say, okay, Michelle, our job is to keep you on track in the game of life. Our job is to give you every opportunity to accomplish this mission with a hundred percent success rate. And then I say, okay, and I'm going to need some angels. I need a little bit of protection down there because life is going to happen and I'll have the car accident and I'll have this and I'll have, right. You know, I'll have whatever I have. And so I pick my angels as my guardian angels. And so here I am. I also have ancestors who passed before me and they say, we love you. We bless you. And we're going to be on your team too. Here is my spirit team. So I incarnate in the human form come on out crying probably. And here goes the game of life. It has begun. And so now I have this amnesia of my pre-life plan of what spirit world is exactly like of the fact that I chose to come here and I have a plan, a goal, a mission, and I'm actually excited to be here. And then life starts happening and people tell me it's hard and that it's difficult and that you'll never get above this level. And all of a sudden people start closing in the opportunities that I saw as a spirit when I came in, which is life, right? And then my goal is to reach deep down, tapping it back into who I am and say, well, that might be their story, but that's not mine. That I love that. I love that. And it is beautiful. You had said, um, you know, we're, 
are we, we are awakening to the power of our soul. And you had also said that we are souls playing in the magic of life and that we came to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. Love I love that. We really did. And humanness happens. And listen, we knew when we were a soul and we chose to come to planet Earth that people were going to shut doors before we ever, ever got to open them. We knew we were going to be told stories and that we were going to be raised certain ways and buy into these things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, our soul came here and it deserves a badge of courage because it said, I will break through those stories. I will show who I am and I will accomplish my mission. Mm-hmm. Do you find that people struggle with, um, and maybe we've, we've touched on this before, you know, we're, we're in that sweet spot. We're aligned. You know, I was, I always think of it as it's future Shauna. I'm actually plugged into future Shauna. This is, this is the real, the real Shauna. And I find a lot of people have, it's like they have all these different identities and, and who they were told they were or, or who they think they are. And, and I just, I, I find it fascinating as people start to shed that and just really start to step into who they really are. And one of my, one of my missions is to just be unapologetically me yeah, because there's no one else like me and this is why I came. And, you know, and I, I love to give that to other people as well. Just right. be you. Right. And that's so hard because from a very young age, we're told not to be us. Don't act like that. Don't say that. Don't talk to this person that way. We don't like them. They're a different religion or race or whatever they are. Right. Um, and so from, and, and from a very young age, who we are starts to get molded by what they tell us we are. Yes. And, I, and I don't actually think it's usually done in a negative way. I really think it's parents loving you, protecting you, who have been trained in their own fear <laughs> thought yeah. process. You know what I mean? And they're just lovingly passing it on to us. But our goal is to actually break that and actually really embrace ourselves as a soul and be the individual that we came to be. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for today. Would you tell everyone how they can find you? Where are you in the world? How can we find you? Get in contact with you. Yes, I am in Phoenix, Arizona area. And you can find me through michelleclare.net, C-L-A-R-E.net. I have online events. I do readings. I have some in-person events here in the Phoenix area. Amazing. You have, do you have anything coming up for this month for? Yeah, we have a sound and energy healing Saturday. I'll be working the Phoenix psychic fair in person, the end of May. Um, and I have online group and gallery readings before that. Amazing. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for our conversation today. It was fabulous. A lot to, a lot to think about. Oh my goodness. You, you have, uh, you have such a beautiful story and so inspiring and it's, it's absolutely, absolutely incredible. And I'm just, I'm so glad that spirit put us in contact and yeah, just thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, thank you so much. It's truly been an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you, Michelle, for sharing your story, your warmth and your love. All of Michelle's contact info will be in the show notes be sure to follow her on Instagram at Medium Michelle Claire. You can find me on Instagram at Shauna DeMellon Medium or visit my website at livealifeyoulove.org where you'll find my offerings, including my Growing Up in Heaven program that teaches you how to make the connection with your son or daughter on the other side. Thank you for listening and see you next time here on the Oracle of Light.